longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. You are stronger than you know, braver than you believe, and smarter than you think you are. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself, for a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Asia Gonzalez and today the theme for our show is the amazing gift of support. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. In this segment, we have Sherry Dillard. Sherry Dillard is based in Durham, North Carolina, and she has been a professional psychic, medium, and therapist for over 20 years. She has taught intuition development at Duke University Continuing Studies and has led workshops and classes on spiritual development and spiritual healing nationally and internationally. Her book, Discover Your Authentic Self, is filled with 150 lessons meant to inspire, motivate, and teach. This empowering book helps you shed what is false and come to know, accept, and express your true self. So let's get started. Hello, Sherry. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you for being on the show. So what was your personal journey in discovering your authentic self? Okay, that's a great question. Um, well, it began like most people when I was young. And, um, you know, for me, I grew up in a family that had pretty strong religious beliefs and um, was pretty academically focused. And I started to have psychic experiences when I was pretty young, and I had no way of fitting them into, um, you know, kind of my life in that time, uh, friends, family. I didn't connect with the things I was experiencing. And so I started to kind of stuff that away and hide that. And in doing that, at the time, I didn't realize I was also kind of, you know, kind of hiding away other parts of myself and kind of really, um, you know, showing people expressing what I thought I should be and what they wanted me to be. And then as I became more confident and started to develop my abilities when I got older, um, I realized that. I really needed to not just express that part of myself, but also uncover more of who I really was in other ways too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a pretty tough ordeal to go through as um, a younger, a young adult. Um, And especially when you're a younger kid and you're going through something that you don't really quite understand, which I'm pretty sure applies to everybody. Absolutely. um, yeah, and you're going through something yeah. uh, as you're, let's say, a teenager, and you have no idea what's going on, and you're thinking maybe somebody won't accept me for who I am right now, so I should just right. be 
what somebody else would like me to be. You know, I've gone through that. Many people um, have gone through that. So what kind of support did you um, need or did you receive while you were going through that kind of hardship? Well, you know, I tried a lot of different things, and, and I agree very much with what you're saying, and I talk about that in the book, is that, you know, that was my personal journey, yeah. but we all have that journey in some way or another. There's always some some conflict or some expectation that we grow up with that even if it's, you know, societal or family, whatever it is, that, um, you know, we have to kind of judge um you know, who am I and, and does it fit with what's around me? And what am I um, going to do with those parts of myself that I kind of don't feel that comfortable with, whatever that may be. Um, but for my journey, I, you know, it was a very long process. And I feel like knowing your authentic self really is a lifelong process. Along the way, I've done a lot of different, um, you know, I've Certainly worked with a lot of creativity and art that is very helpful. Um, for a while, I was saw therapists that was very helpful. Um, I did group work with others that were also kind of finding out more about themselves, dream work, um, you know, different modalities that in, you know, there's just so many things out there that whatever it is really that speaks to you, even if it's... Um, sports or a class or um, theater or whatever it is. It all helps us, I think, to kind of get more in touch with who we are. Whatever brings us joy can really be helpful. Yeah. Why do you, I mean, because it's a pretty important process and it's a very um, involving process and it's very detailed. What is so important about finding your authentic self? Well, you know, it's hard to really create um, what we really want in life to really create happiness, to really know who, unless we know who we are, uh, mm. because otherwise we are, you know, trying to find happiness in things that don't really speak to us. So mm. we become very, you know, it can be a very isolating existence to not be who you are. Exactly. Um, it, you know, and so the bigger motivation is really, and sometimes it's really just kind of an inner um, pain or an inner disconnect. Yeah. And, you know, the motivation is simply, I need to be happy. I, I want to be happy. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I kind of went through something like that with college, um, where my first year of college, I decided to take a business degree. And I thought, you know, taking a business degree and that's going to take me anywhere that I need to go because it's a very broad right, degree right. and everybody would pretty much accept that. Right. And as I went through the year, I was very um, unsatisfied with my college experience. And the whole time I was thinking, I was like, college has got to be better than this. Yeah. You know, it has to be um, more of an experience than just going through the motions. So I thought, you know, maybe I should change my degree and see what I feel about that. Mm-hmm. And doing something that made me happy. So now I changed my degree to communications, you know, doing something that I love, you know, um, writing blogs and speaking on the radio and doing something that I love um, really changed my outlook on something like that. And I think, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, it's really important, like what you said, something that makes you happy. And if you feel happy, that's that's great. So mm-hmm. when did you know you were psychic and how did this gift really help you get in touch with your personal discovery? Well, like I said, I had experiences from a young age. It was always um, very natural to me. I didn't really mm-hmm. 
tried to, um, I didn't really want to be seeing things and knowing things. It kind of just started almost happening to me. And, mm-hmm. and it was really actually when I was in college that I realized I needed to, um, I needed to figure out what was going on with me because it was kind of disrupting parts of my life. It just didn't, oh. I didn't know what to do. So um, that's kind of when it all began. I actually talked to a professor I had and he gave me some good advice about, you know, kind of just trying to search out people who maybe who had gone through something similar or who were using their gifts in certain ways. And so that's what I did. And um, it was actually really helpful to um, to just talk to someone about it. it I yeah. kind of guess it just began with that, just opening up and trusting in that yeah, way. That's definitely a big step. So, you know, you have your book, um, Discover Your Authentic Self. Did mm-hmm. you um, partner up with anybody or did you kind of take any experiences from uh, fellow mediums or people that you had met that were also psychic? Did you incorporate that into your book? Well, the book really is a lot of the book is um, essays that have to do with people I've worked with and mm-hmm. patterns that I see people experiencing, um, you know, as they're trying and wanting to know more about who they are and live authentically. Yeah. And um, so a lot of it is really based on um, people's stories, people's own journey, um, there's not a little bit about me, but more really about, uh, you know, because I've had, I've been doing this work for so long and I've seen so many people go through their own exploration and I've found certain patterns people go through and things that are really helpful to know as you're going through this yeah. and be supportive. So it really kind of comes from my experiences with others in that way. That's That's really awesome. That's an interesting way to learn. And I think that's, really cool way to go through life and kind of experience, you know, discovering your personal self is meeting new people and hearing their stories. I think that's always so interesting. Yeah. It's great to hear what other people have gone through. So what are the beginning steps to increasing self-awareness? Because it does sound like a very detailed process that, you know, requires a lot of attention to yourself, um, a lot of attention about uh, what's going on around you. So, it's kind of hard to really know where to start. So what yeah, right, yeah. are the beginning? Yeah. What are the beginning steps just to help some people out? Well, you know, really um, the beginning step is just listening to yourself and trusting your instincts, trusting your feelings. Uh, you know, I kind of tell people a good way to begin is just to say yes, when you mean yes and no, when you feel no and to, and just be honest about your feelings to yourself without judgment or without feeling like that makes me bad or I should be feeling this way, I should be feeling that way, what's wrong with me. Um, it's just pure acceptance. You know, if you're doing something and everybody else seems to be having a great time and you're miserable, um, instead of saying, okay, what's wrong with me, there must be something here that I'm not getting or yeah. whatever. It's just to say, you know, I don't know why, I don't know what this is about, but this is how I feel and I'm just going to accept that right now. And, you know, as we just pay attention to our feelings like that and and, and not try to compromise who we are or to um, put on a mask that you know, makes us appear the way we want to appear instead of the way that we really feel at that time. Um, 
you know, we start to gain courage. We start to gain trust that we can do that. Sometimes we want to get the courage and the trust in that and then do it. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. it doesn't kind of work that way. We kind of have to take that step out into, you know, I'm kind of exposing myself, even to myself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it sounds like a very vulnerable process. It is a very vulnerable process, but it's also very strengthening. It's kind of surprising, you know, is that you do that vulnerably when you're vulnerable. But then the surprising thing is how quickly you really realize that when you are behind yourself, when you are really um, accepting of who you are, you Mm -hmm. really can feel a certain amount of strength and courage that you, you might not have known that you've had. That's, yeah, I definitely agree with that, you know, and it's a very hard process to go through, you know, especially people who um, have told you their stories, you know, it's very empowering to hear how people have come to true acceptance of themselves, because that's a very hard thing to do, especially in today's society. You know, there are serious, there are serious expectations of what society thinks um, we should do and how we should be. So it's so empowering to see how people have been able to push past that. And to really um, accept who they really are as a person. So thank you so much, Sherry, for this awesome discussion. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate your having me on the show. Thanks so much. Of course. Yeah. So we'll come back in the next segment and we'll definitely talk about this again. If you guys want to check out Sherry's book, Discover Your Authentic Self, on her website, uh, go to SherryDillard.com. That's S-H-E-R-R-I-E Dillard. Dot com And during the break, everyone, be sure to check out our brand new radio site at expressyourselftuneradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, and more. Also, please visit our charity site at btsya.org and watch our fun and informative videos at youtube.com slash be the star you are. Stay right here with us as we continue our conversation on the gift of support with our guest, Sherry Dillard. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. And if you guys are just joining us, our theme for our program today is the gift of support. And this week, we have a very special guest with us, Sherry Dillard, who is a professional psychic medium and therapist in Durham, North Carolina. Her book, Discovering Your Authentic Self, is about embracing your authentic self and learning to live on your own terms 
and it's filled with essays to uplift and engage you through personal stories, meditations, exercises, affirmations, and question prompts. And Discover Your Authentic Self shows you how to live more fully and according to your passion. So let's welcome Sherry back to the show. Hello, Sherry. Hi. So it's great to have you back. So we were talking earlier in the previous segment about how important it is to really start with the first step of discovering yourself, which is accepting who you really are. And that comes um, in terms with accepting who you are at the at the present time. But how does our influence, how does our past influence our sense of self? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I have a chapter devoted to that. Um, because a lot, it's kind of um, interesting, but a lot of, um, you know, our sense of self really comes into being when we are very, very young. Mm -hmm. um, and it's the, it's the reflection that we have from our parents, from friends, from um, just even our environment around us. And so we kind of take on at a young age, um, you know, it's kind of funny, even when kids are quite young, they can adapt to the environment in a way mm -hmm. and learn, you know, this is not right, me doing this, and, and I'm bad because I'm noisy, or I'm this, I'm that. Mm -hmm. um, and I talk a lot about how we have to kind of go back and lift off those layers. Um, not in the way of it being kind of something that we do, um, you know, to to just, you know, like, what did you do to me? Or, you know, mm -hmm. um, seeking any kind of, um, you know, this was wrong or anything, but just in the way of curiosity, just in the way of, yeah. well, you know, it's interesting. I kind of uh, was brought up in a home where all, you know, for me personally, everybody in my home was very, very extroverted and I was not, I was very introverted. So I grew up feeling like being more introverted and wanting to be quiet and wanting to kind of play by myself. It was, there was something off about that. There was something yeah. wrong with that. So, you know, it's that kind of thing where you just kind of investigate where some of these feelings come from and it can kind of free you to, you know, again, be more of who you are. Yeah, you know, that's that's a very contradicting thing is growing up in a certain environment but being different from it. That's a hard thing to really come to terms with. You know, as you said, growing up in a family where everybody was extroverted, but you yourself was an introvert. Um, right. It's kind of hard with, with that kind of thing, you know. Um, I grew up around a lot of people, and this is a little bit more simple than what you had explained, but I grew up with um, my mom, who is very athletic. I had some really good friends who were super athletic, and um, the majority of the people that I surrounded myself with were very athletic, and I really wasn't. Um, mm -hmm. I, was willing, I was willing to play the sport. I was like, okay, you know, I'll try. That's fine. But I knew I wasn't going to be very good at it. You know, I was more art artistic. You know, I'd right. rather you know, read a book, or I'd rather paint some paintings or draw mm -hmm. or something like that. And I felt, you know, maybe I wasn't uh, a cool kid. <laughs> I mm -hmm. guess that's a good analogy. I wasn't very much of a cool kid if I wasn't participating in sports like all the rest of my friends were, you know, going out to games and going out to mm -hmm. lunch with your teammates and all that stuff. So once I realized, you know, I'm not a very sporty person, that's when, you know, that layer started to be peeled back, you know, I began to discover more things about myself that I knew it, it was okay to be different from other people. You know, that's something that isn't expressed enough today. You know, it's okay mm -hmm. to be different. You don't have to be like those people and you don't have to be like those people over there. You know, it's okay to be yourself. 
Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, mm-hmm. you know, people um, go through difficult situations in at some point in their life. And, you know, that they have that saying, you know, it doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So how can mm-hmm. going through difficult times help us to better know who we are? Well, it certainly does help us know who we are. Um, it's probably one of the most single, uh, you know, kind of, experiences we have that really helps us to lift off those layers and get to the core of self. You know, when we're challenged in any way, whatever the challenge may be, um, it always calls for us to go deeper into who we are in order to, it forces us to understand what's happening, our reactions to it. It forces us inward in a way into a sense Mm -hmm. of more knowing And a lot of times, unfortunately, it can be a painful process or even a scary process. Um, But like you said, it does make us stronger and it does help us to better know who we are. And a lot of times it's really becoming more aware of, um, you know, gifts that we have and positive things about us, even though at first it does seem, um, you know, very challenging. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And, you know, we all have those times and um, certain people have a certain skill of intuition, you know, where some mm-hmm. people may have a better sense of it and some of us, you know, don't have a very um, strong intuition as other people do. But how can our intuition help us really discover our authentic self? How does that work? Well, you know, I really believe that um, our, our intuition really is the voice of our authentic self. It's just that we don't really always trust it and listen to it. Whatever our gut feeling may be, let's say that, um, you know, you are invited to out with friends or something, and uh, your gut feeling is that um, it seems perfect, it seems the right thing to do, um, I sh- you know, I should want to do this, but there's a part of you that has a gut feeling of, um, what you know, whatever you don't know where it's coming from, but just you would maybe prefer to be staying home that night or yeah. not doing that certain thing, and that's simply your intuition, and that's connecting you to your authentic self because what that's telling you is there's something that doesn't, it's not right for you in some way. Um, and you know, I picked a kind of a situation out of the hat, I don't really know. Um, you know, who knows uh, why, or sometimes we don't know why, you know, sometimes um, it's confusing because we listen to our intuition, but nothing seems to change or it doesn't seem to have mattered all that much. Um, But the thing is, is that when we listen to it, we don't really know what would have happened if we didn't, you know? Um, But the intuition that we're talking about is not something that's kind of really exotic or, uh, mind-blowing phenomena. It's simply that inner voice and, and that mm-hmm. gut feelings. It's a sense of um, knowing something and not knowing how you know it about yourself. Sometimes our intuition leads us to certain activities and certain talents we have. You know, you know, kind of like sometimes people will have that feeling. Um, they'll go see a play or they'll go listen to music or they'll do something mm-hmm. and something inside of them is just comes alive. It feels so good. You know, it feels so yeah. right. And that's the kind of voice of intuition too, that's telling you that there's something about that. There's something in what you're encountering that's speaking to who you are. And so whenever you have that, 
um, it's always really good to listen to that and to investigate that more. Whatever brings you that kind of sense of interconnection and joy really helps us to know more about what, what is going to, um, you know, speak to us, not just momentarily, but even maybe in the future in some way, and we can let it guide us. Yeah, definitely. It's a very interesting thing to really figure out for yourself. But the big question is, you know, is our gut feeling always right? Mm-hmm. So. Well, yeah, you know, I don't know um, if it's a right or wrong all the time. And that's why I said sometimes you don't know the outcomes and you don't know, um, you know, sometimes it's that looking for proof that can kind of get us confused, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I would say most of the time, almost 99% of the time is listening to your gut feelings and listening to what brings you joy, true joy, not just momentary, um, you know, kind of over excitement is usually never wrong. You know, it's Mm -hmm. usually, there's, there's always some reason that we're responding in some way um, because it's bypassing our personality self and our ego self. Yeah. You know, intuition doesn't, um, adhere to what the ego wants it really is a deeper soul part of ourselves mm-hmm. that is that that speaks to us for a purpose and a reason and always yeah. in our highest good always in our highest good definitely now one thing that i was very curious about i'm going to change the subject really quick here what is a power animal and what do they have to do with our authentic self i just thought that was a very interesting thing yeah, I wanted to put that in there. I wanted, I put a few things in the book, several things that are, it's not usually what you would think of about the authentic mm-hmm. self, and that's one of them. Um, I'll give you an example of why a power animal is important, is that, um, you know, let's say that you're, tra- you're trying to make a decision about something, and you don't know what to do, you don't know what's right for you. People tell me things like this all the time, and so you're maybe sitting in your room, an office or whatever, you're looking out the window and you're trying to decide, I don't know what to do. I don't know. I don't know. What what do Mm -hmm. I do this or that? Well, a power animal will say maybe the bird that comes to the window that um, seems to have a message for you or just gets your attention. And as you kind of look at this bird and you wonder, why does this bird keep coming back and forth in front of me? Or, um, you know, sometimes power animals can be our our pets. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, they will kind of just seem to, you know, know who we are, have a message for us. And a power animal kind of helps us to open up to different energy within ourselves like that. And, um, you know, it can create a certain synchronicity that will connect us more to our authentic self through that kind of synchronicity and inner sense of knowing. Um, Sometimes certain animals will cross our path and we'll just get this quick insight into um, there's a purpose. Let's say butterflies sometimes people will feel mm-hmm. that with. Like, um, oh, that's right. You know, people will tell me that all the time. And they always feel silly about it, which is one reason I put, put it in there is because they feel kind of like, well, I don't know. I was thinking about doing this and some butterflies flew around me and I felt like it was a message, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, that can be a very interesting thing. And, you know, not a, not a lot of people really think about that kind of thing. So, you know, they may feel silly about the fact that they're thinking about something like that. Mm-hmm. But does a person have a personal power animal? Like if you love horses, is the horse right. a personal power animal? 
I believe so, yes. Um, now, sometimes power animals are not physical animals. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, we'll, like a power animal will come to us in a dream um, or through synchronicity again. Let's mm-hmm. say that you dream of a lion one night, and then the next day you're going to get a, a juice or a coffee, and you see that the cup it's given to you in has a lion on it. Um, and so that is a power animal. It's not a physical lion coming up to you, but the lion may be a message because a lion represents, you know, kind of the um, courage in that, you know, um, heightened, you know, it's a, it's a really um, powerful animal, a lion. So that lion, whatever you're going through in your life, seeing and feeling that lion energy might have a message for you about being brave, about being in charge about you know yeah. getting out there with that that kind of thing yeah and you know a lion i've heard is a very powerful um symbol and a lot of right. people like to relate to that kind of thing and there are different symbols for different animals but um yeah you know that's that's really interesting and you know, a lot of people don't really think about that and um it does seem like we can definitely relate to that and it, you were also mentioning how you know you may notice something in your dream and you notice something, you know, later on in life, you know, that also comes, I think, with intuition. You know, it kind of mm-hmm. sounds related. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. I absolutely loved having you on the show. I hope that we can have you on the show again. But uh, unfortunately, we are out of time. But of course, it was an absolute pleasure. Check out Sherry's website at SherryDillard.com and also check out her book, Discover Your Authentic Self, and she also has a couple books on her website as well, so definitely check those out. Support our show and these amazing segments by giving a donation to Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program, and for more info on how to do this, go to www.bethestarur.org and follow our blog. Again, the website is www.bethestarur.org. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. Today's topic is the gift of support. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and we have our health rap reporter, Alex, with us again this week. Hello, Alex. Hello. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Blakos, and this is the health rap. Tonight's show is devoted to the gift of support. When someone comes down with a serious illness, they may wind up spending a lot of time in the hospital or at home. But whether they are in a hospital or at home, they are going to need the help of a support team. And that team is going to consist of a lot of different people. In a way, that is really a very obvious statement, because one clearly can't take care of oneself if the illness is serious. One thing is for certain. A patient's potential recovery depends on having a strong support team to help them through. The obvious members of any support team consist of the attending physician who will be responsible for making all the decisions for the patient's care based on the diagnosis. This physician would probably be a specialist in a particular area depending on the illness. For example, a cardiologist, a gastrointestinal specialist, or even an oncologist. Then, there are the resident physicians, the nurse practitioners, the nurses, and maybe even social workers and hospital volunteers. It's even possible that a dietitian may be needed and maybe even a physical therapist. Those are the obvious professional people whose job it is to provide support for someone if they have a serious illness. But in my opinion, the real gift of support for someone who is very sick is the family member or loved one who is there taking control throughout the entire illness. If you become the support person for a family member who is suffering from a serious illness, you should know how important your support role really is. Not only will you supply support, but also encouragement and companionship. The support person will be the primary contact for the healthcare providers and, in many cases, will communicate the information from the doctors and hospital staff back to the patient. Knowing that a family member or trusted friend is providing the role of a support person can actually help the patient with a serious illness have an improved outcome. The support person should keep notes on the medications prescribed, the updates on the patient's condition, and any other information provided by the attending physician. The support person should never be afraid to ask the medical medical professionals any questions that he or she might have regarding the patient. It might seem obvious to say this, but there is no doubt about the positive emotional effect on the patient when they have the support of family members and friends during a severe illness. Interestingly, there is actually a physical benefit from having loving support during an illness. Many patients not only are suffering from their illness, but are stressed over their situation. This tends to raise their blood pressure and heart rate, which is not a good thing when your body is trying to heal. However, The presence of family members or loved ones who are giving you emotional support has been shown to reduce blood pressure and heart rates of the patient. The other really important benefit of having a support person is helping the sick patient to comply with all of the doctor's orders. This is often very difficult to do if one is suffering from a severe illness. All in all, 
people who have a serious illness benefit greatly from having the support of family members or friends. That is actually a very, very interesting segment to really talk about because a lot of people don't really think about the people behind the scenes, like the family members um, of somebody who has a really serious illness. And um, this actually reminded me of something that we did for Thanksgiving. We had a family friend at a church that we go to, um, and she had actually had a remission um, with cancer. And, you know, she was feeling really sick, and she just really wasn't doing very good later on. And um, not a lot of people were able to come visit her. And she had actually had no family with her during the time of Thanksgiving and I was like oh my gosh how do you not have somebody to be with you during Thanksgiving you know that's got to be the hardest thing in the world so instead of going to a family friend's house for Thanksgiving um we decided to go to her house instead uh and have Thanksgiving with her because she had nobody else to come over for her so we had people from church we had people from um different social circles that she knew, we went to her house for Thanksgiving and we celebrated with her. Yeah, that's that's a really nice and important thing to do. That's yeah. uh, you know that's definitely really helpful. Yeah, and you know it may not even be a serious illness that you need a support person. It could be just something small that you're going through with your health. Um, a funny story actually. I had gone to the lake a couple weeks ago and I got the worst sunburn that I have ever had in my life. My entire back was completely fried. The backs of my legs were also completely fried. And um, my parents and my brothers were there to help with everything. So, oh, wow. That you, sounds pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. It was really, really bad. And I was really lucky to have people who were there to help me. But, um, you know, and it's very, very important to have these people who are able to support you with even the small things. And you always manage to come up with statistics illustrating your topic. Do you have any statistics that show that patients can really physically benefit from the support person. Yeah, well, I'm uh, glad you asked that because I have a really powerful statistic showing exactly what you were asking about. When we are talking about a chronic disease, you know, diseases that last a long time like heart disease, mm -hmm. diabetes, or arthritis, the support of family or friends is huge. Yeah, it has been shown that. Yeah, it's been shown that having a good support person can lessen the chance that one will become sick or die from heart disease. Research conducted at Brigham Young University and the University of North Carolina showed that people who did not have strong social support were 50% more likely to die from illness than those who had such support. Now, that's a powerful statistic. Wow, 50%. Oh my gosh, that is very, very scary. That's intense. Wow. So... Could you tell us what other duties a good support person might be expecting to do? Because there's actually quite a bit of a responsibility when it comes to being the Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, like there's that. actually a lot of things a good support person will do, including making sure that the patient keeps all of their medical appointments, mm -hmm. monitor their blood sugar and blood pressure, and, most importantly, make sure that the patient takes all of their medicines in the right dosages and at the required times. This is actually a really big deal. Other things a support person might do is go to the grocery store or even prepare foods. The encouragement of a family member or a good friend can actually have positive and physical and emotional benefits to one who is suffering from a severe or chronic illness. Offering support to one who is ill is truly a gift worth giving. 
And that is a very, very true fact. You know, people who are sick, you know, let's say somebody who's bedridden, you know, if they don't have anybody around them to support them or, or make them feel, you know, comfortable or loved, you know, they kind of get the, the thought of, you know, what's the point? You know, it, it's kind of like you've given up on yourself. So now your health is going to decline, you know, your emotional stability is, you know, nowhere near as great as it was. And, you know, your faith on, you know, whether you're going to get better or not kind of dwindles. And it's really sad, you know, um, with people who don't really have that support system. So that's actually really, really important. I'm really glad you touched on that subject. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think it's very important. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for your informative segments. As always, it's a joy to have you on the show, and I love hearing about what you have to talk about. So I really hope to see you next week. During the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501c3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. I'm Asia Gonzalez. Oh, and also check out expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. And when we come back, we will continue our inspiring conversation. Stay with us right here for more empowerment and entertainment on the gift of support. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and today the theme for our show is the gift of support. Today we have a new member in our awesome team. Joven is the brother of our good friend, Hannah Hundle, with a new segment called World Watch. Joven Hundle is an ambitious, rising 10th grader residing in Turlock, California. He enjoys combating ignorance, learning random trivia facts, keeping up to date on the current ongoings of the world, and of course, binge-watching Netflix. Hello, Joven. Hi, everyone. Thanks for the warm welcome. I'm excited to be speaking to you all for the first time now as the newest member of the team here. Now, for a a segment of my new show, World Watch, what better topic is there to touch upon than the game that has taken the world by storm, the recently released Pokemon Go? Awesome. Now, for those unacquainted with it, Pokemon Go is the newest phenomenon, the next chapter of Nintendo's wildly successful Pokemon franchise. Unlike the previous installments, this one is freely available on mobile, and it incorporates augmented reality. This means you are able to just 
woke up, find a Pikachu, or one of the Pokemon characters, standing right next to you, and then toss the in-game Pokeball to catch it and add it to your collection. You can even take pictures with it if you want to, as the game incorporates your phone's camera to do this. Now, the game was released on the Google Play and Apple App Store in Australia, New Zealand, and the United States on July 6th, and has slowly been released to other countries since then. Within its first week, in just a fraction of the countries that would eventually be getting it, Pokemon Go became the fastest app ever to reach 10 million downloads and had more daily active mobile users than such giants such as Twitter, Tinder, even Skype. Since then, it's, released, it's gotten over 40 and 50 million downloads and still hasn't been released in the majority of countries that it eventually will be. Now, the app has been widely acclaimed for encouraging fitness, as it requires players to get up and walk around. In fact, this is actually the defining feature of the game. The way you catch different Pokemon is by leaving your house and traveling to various places, hoping to eventually find some. And you'll find water Pokemon at beaches and lakes, and fire Pokemon at places featuring warmer temperatures. The game also highlights points of interest such as libraries and monuments as Pokestops, and it allows players to visit them to gain free items, encouraging them to, you know, check out their town's local landmarks. Some of the items that can be found from there include eggs, which only hatch once you walk a certain amount of kilometers. There's also even various achievements based on how much you walk, and <clears throat> just shows how much the game has encouraged tons of people to be more active in their daily lives. In line with today's theme of the gift of support, I definitely think it's important to talk about the benefits that the game has provided to many. The aforementioned fitness aspect is obviously one of the best assets the game provides. Now, I can personally attest to walking around playing the game and seeing dozens, tens of other people also playing the game. It's also been reported that the game allows players to overcome social anxiety and depression. Some less general, but no less uplifting reported benefits of Pokemon Go include hospitals using the game to get patients out of their beds and getting exercise all while having fun, as well as animal shelters posting ads to have their dogs walked for free by passerby playing the game. In fact, one animal shelter in particular in North Carolina, once it started putting up ads in local newspapers to allow players to walk their dogs and stuff, it was reported that eventually the players who would walk these dogs for free became so attached to the dogs that they actually adopted them from the shelter. And now currently that shelter actually is is all out of dogs. In fact, they're actually bringing in more animals from local shelters, hoping to get all of those adopted and in a good home as well. Something that I saw that was particularly inspiring was a call to action on Twitter for players to place certain in-game items near children hospitals, so that even those who aren't able to walk around playing the game can still do so while nursing back to health. Anyway, Good luck to everyone with Catching Them All.
That is so awesome. And, you know, I've heard about this entire craze of Pokemon Go. And, unfortunately, I have not downloaded it on my phone just yet. I have not caught uh, the Pokemon Go bug just yet. But I think that is so cool how people um, have, you know, battled depression with it, you know, social anxiety. And I have even heard of love stories that have blossomed from Pokemon (laughs) Go. I've heard of people who are now dating or they got married because they use the app. And I think that's so funny. But, um, you know, I think it's so crazy because, you know, we have these periods of time where certain apps are just like blowing up the internet and sweeping the world by storm, you know, especially um, that one app that comes to mind is Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird was insane. You know, everybody loved it. Um, People were creating friendships over it. You know, everybody in my science class in my uh, sophomore year, we remember um, Flappy Bird being like the biggest game ever. And literally, no joke, everybody in the entire classroom was huddled together trying to see who was going to get the biggest score um, with this game, which is just so funny. (laughs) It's hilarious. But this game, Pokemon Go, um, it really is like a giant GPS where you can find Pokemon everywhere. So how does a game like this track points of interest near you? Oh, great question. So, like, um... So the company that actually developed this game, Niantic, was an internal startup at Google. In fact, it was the former creator of Google Earth who um, started this lab that eventually grew into the company today, Niantic. And it was just spun off last year, and it's now being invested in by the aforementioned Google, as well as Nintendo and a few other investors. And so it pulls data from Google Maps as well as its previous game, Ingress, which also incorporated augmented reality, to get pictures and descriptions of your town's landmarks. In fact, um, actually, just this past weekend, I was at Half Moon Bay near San Francisco, this whole beach area. And so there was this one area on the beach that I was playing Pokemon Go, and I see on my phone, it says that there were these pillars that were remaining from a Civil War era fort. And so my family and I, we tracked that down through the app and walked over there. And it was hidden in this whole corner of the beach that we never would have seen otherwise. And I think that's a really interesting part of the game, that that it's actually pretty much the best GPS you can find. That is really, really cool. You know, I never knew about that feature. That is awesome. That's a really great way to figure out some stuff that's around your hometown or wherever, uh, wherever you're visiting. But you also mentioned the fact that it's really um, encouraging the aspect of fitness. And have the fitness benefits in Pokemon Go been tracked anywhere? Oh, well, so since the game only came out recently, there haven't exactly been any um, conclusive studies on the benefits. However, a Texas A&M professor actually, actually recently noted that the game definitely does encourage walking around and being active. And mm-hmm. in addition to like these fitness benefits, as well as um, how I mentioned earlier, he also said how the game is bringing people together, providing opportunity for social interaction, and increasing our sense of belonging, which also has a positive impact on our emotional and mental health, and as well as on marital life, as you mentioned, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, I guess it's going to be bigger than Tinder or whatever dating apps <laughs> are out there right now. <laughs> but um, can someone who's never played Pokemon before enjoy this game? You know, somebody who's never really, like, collected the cards or done any mm. of that stuff. Uh, definitely. In fact, um, I myself have actually never played any sort of Pokemon game before. And so, um, now I'm extremely addicted to this one. <laughs> I think it's honestly more the concept of the game rather than the theme of it that is drawing in so many. Yeah, you know, I definitely agree. You know, my brothers, they have the app, but I do remember them being um, totally obsessed with the fact that um, they had an entire box filled with Pokemon cards, and I thought that was so funny. But I'm like, I never really did any of that, so I never really had an interest in actually downloading the game. But, you know, my brother and I did go to downtown Denver, and we walked around, and he was like, oh my gosh, Asia, guess what? There's an Onyx nearby. We have to go find it. So <laughs> we were walking around trying to find it. And I think that's just so cool how people can really get into this theme, because literally, no joke, when we walk around downtown Denver, we can tell that there is just so many people on their phones trying to find these Pokemon, which is just Definitely. so funny. Yeah. Definitely. So lastly, do you have any tips you'd like to give any potential Pokemon Go players? Uh, well, not so much as a tip, but definitely a reminder to players. When you're playing this, although it might seem really fun, don't just be staring down at your phones the whole time while playing. Because there have been a few reported accidents already. Thankfully, nothing fatal. But there has been a few accidents recently involving people not being aware of their surroundings and getting themselves into a bit of a trouble spot. So definitely make sure to be looking up and taking everything around you. And also, um, as I mentioned earlier, the call to action I saw about placing down these in-game items near children's hospitals, I think that's a great way to not exactly do community service, but definitely help out some people who are needing it. And I think it's a great way to do that. That is definitely a good tip, you know, especially um, it goes along with the theme of support uh, mm -hmm. this week, you know, going um, and talking with these kids or or going and helping out these people in our community, you know, definitely connecting with people on certain levels who really need something like that. Um, our previous reporter, uh, Alex Plagos, he was talking about, you know, people who have diseases who can't um, go do anything. You know, they definitely need a support system for themselves, yeah. and it's a very important aspect of, um, you know, people who are going through something like that. So the fact that you mentioned that they have Pokey, um, yeah, they have, they have these games at um, children's hospitals. That is so awesome. And also you mentioned how these um, dog shelters are having Pokey stops and, you know, also, you know, they're um, letting people walk the dogs and they're creating these relationships with these dogs is absolutely inspiring. Definitely. Yeah, so this, um, I actually looked into the story quite a bit because I thought it was really interesting. Like this, um, animal shelter then, it had been looking for people to walk its dogs for ages and ages, and it didn't have any money to yeah. pay these people to do so. And then all of a sudden with this game, people are volunteering to do so for free. They're already walking around playing this game. Why not help a local animal shelter while doing it? Yeah, I think that's such a good idea, too. You know, also, these people um, who have businesses are saying, if you catch a Pokemon at our store, you know, you get, like, a 20% off coupon or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, I had actually walked into a skate shop store, and they said, you know, hey, you know, if you catch a Pokemon, you get a 20% um, off coupon. I'm like, yeah, cool, let's go find a Pokemon in here. 
Um, <laughs> but I'm really excited for your new segment of World Watch. You know, are you excited for this? Uh, definitely. Um, I love how this like medium sort of gives teens the ability to kind of reach out to other people, get their yeah. voices heard. I love that, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Yeah, we are so excited to have you a part of our team. You Thank know, we're you. looking for more people, and I heard that you were Hannah's brother. I was like, oh my gosh, no way! We have another Hundle on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know she's at Harvard right now, and she has her radio show that she's doing as well, which I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, yeah but I when I heard that I have her brother on the show with me, I was like, oh my gosh, I am. So excited. I cannot wait for this segment today. <laughs> I was super excited for this show, you know, because we're, we're looking for more reporters, you know, hosts, uh, co-hosts and all that stuff. Um, so I'm super excited for World Watch. What do you plan on doing with it? What are your plans for it? Um, so then um, I'm thinking of talking about, you know, current events, mm-hmm. maybe what's so news going on in the world. So yeah. like with this segment, like this is, I think the biggest thing that, biggest thing around the world right now yeah definitely yeah i would totally agree with that you know it's definitely a good idea to have something that really keeps people in touch with what's going on right now especially with the whole pokemon go craze that's going on at the moment so (laughs) that was a pretty awesome story to be sharing with us so thank you so much joven you were absolutely wonderful you did fantastic um for your first time on here so i definitely cannot wait to have you on the show again and welcome to the family thank you excited to be here Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. We'll hopefully see you next week. So sadly, we have no more time. But thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, Matt. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world. And thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Asia Gonzalez, and you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For more info on our creative community, go to www.btsya.com. And until next week, remember, be kind, be supportive, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself. Produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself.